so excited you're along for the rise. Here at Rising, we talk all things manifestation, life purpose, and more. Join me in today's episode as we rise together. Seeking a digital escape in between swiping through apps all day? Portal, you can go just about anywhere. Providing over 30 options from around the world, you're able to tap into any portal you wish and experience the sights and sounds of that place. With its mixed audio feature, Portal allows you to play its features alongside your favorite audiobook, podcast, playlist, or meditation. Further, Portal even offers breathing exercises and meditations in its escape mode. My personal favorite, the Amazon Jungle. I felt like I was there and I could smell what it would be like to actually be there in person. Portal made me feel like I was able to transport just about anywhere in the world in the comfort of my home. Receive a 20% discount down below in the description with your personal code today, Rising20, and get started with Portal. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Rising. It is your host, Nista Dubey, and I'm here with Hiba Siddiqui, who has overturned many stereotypes as a South Asian woman by going headfirst into her high school swim team, becoming captain of the swim team, even when this broke a lot of boundaries um, within her household. She is here today to share her story um, and her progress over the years, as well as provide some words of wisdom. So Hippa, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Yeah, of course. I'm so excited to be on Rising. This is like one of the first podcasts I've ever done. So I'm super excited to see where it takes me and to share my story. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited for this conversation because I know that we connected pretty recently and you shared your story with me. And I remember just looking at your posts on Instagram and reading about like your your journey and everything that you went through. And um, I feel like I only know, you know, sort of the generic unfolding, but really hearing the details today, um, I think will be super beneficial for not only myself, but all of the listeners. So um, I'm interested in diving in and just kind of like asking you what really pushed you to initially try out for the swim team when you were a freshman in high school, you know, knowing that this might cause some chatter, disrupt some cycles within your household. Yeah, so that's actually a great question. Um, I have a little bit of a background with swimming uh, already. Um, I loved it as a kid growing up and I would swim recreationally like all throughout elementary and middle school. Uh, I think I was like a park district swimmer initially, but you know, it's it's kind of funny because uh, initially when I thought like team in high school, I was like, oh my gosh, yay, I can swim after school. And like, that was the end of it. And <laughs> I was never on like a school sports team in my life. Um, I didn't realize that like being part of one meant practices every day and like multiple times a day and like practices on the weekends and like meets two times a week and showering every day and even like having to change my entire diet to like accommodate so much intense exercise. Like it wasn't until that that first day of practice that I really rethought my entire decision. Um, Like the lanes, like just as a like a brief intro, like the lanes are divided like based on like varsity, JV, like sophomore, freshman and like fastest to slowest. And I remember I was all the way at the end. I was in the slowest lane. And I remember swimming like a super low, like 50 meter freestyle. I think it was like two laps for those people who aren't familiar with like swimming terminology. And um, I got out of the pool and I waddled to the bathroom and I threw up. 
And I thought that that was the end of my athletic career forever. Two laps and like, that was it, you know? And I distinctly remember coming home that day and not knowing if I was like physically gonna be able to go back tomorrow. And some of my family members, like they told me, they were like, hey, you know, you're not gonna be able to do it. Like it's, this is a fun, like pastime thing, but you know, you're in high school and you need to focus on APs and honors and you need to focus on what's important, you know, for your career. Um, and they were also like, you know, you're also going to a new high school and you, you don't know anyone. So like, you know, you're taking on a lot of stuff that's really like, you know, too much, too much stuff going on your plate right now. Like, you know, so, I mean, it sounds super cliche, but those kinds of comments like ignited something in me. And I really got to thinking about my capabilities. I, I wanted to challenge myself and see how far my body could take me and how much it could handle. And I, I wish I could go back and tell my freshman self how brave she was and how she made one of the best decisions for herself, because I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I am today if it wasn't for swimming competitively, you know, these past four years. Wow, uh, that's a beautiful story. And like, I can't imagine what it was like for you in that moment, hearing that from your parents, having that like physical response to doing the 50 meter and then still being able to push through it. I guess just like, Something I'm really curious about is what got you to still keep going after all of that. You know, I think like a lot of it, I don't give enough credit to these people actually when I, when I think about it. But um, now that I'm really thinking about this, um, the thing is I had such a good support system throughout high school. I had such amazing friends. I think I had like three amazing friends that were always by my side and they really pushed me in their own way. Like one of my friends, he is the most hardworking individual that I've ever met. Like always at, you know, every sports practice ever, he's in like three sports and he's always working and he's always with his family and he's always trying to make time for the things that he loves to do. And just seeing that and like seeing like, okay, he's also getting good grades and he's also like having a good social life. Like, how is he able to do that? It was, it was kind of like wild to me. And I have other friends who are like, always there to like, you know, call me, make sure that I'm okay, who were like, hey, if you want to talk about something, like, come, come call me, come talk to me, we can have a girl's day, like, we can do something. And I think just having that support system in itself was just so motivating for me to just be like, okay, this is, this is something that I have to do just because I'm in a, I'm surrounded by so many positive people who are always uplifting me, who are always pushing me, and it's time for me to push myself in that way too, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the thing too, just like in all the personal development research, you hear about really your tribe and your team and, and the power of masterminding and surrounding yourself with that kind of people because I think that energy is really infectious. So I'm glad that you right. have that because that allowed you to push through and then ultimately be able to share your story um, and for us to be having this conversation today. So I'm curious now you decided to stick with being on the swim team, how did your family react to that? I remember you mentioning earlier today that they did make some comments, but did this continue across the four years? Like what was the dynamic like when you kind of made that steadfast decision of like, no, this is gonna be a constant throughout high school? Yeah, so initially I think like the first year I swam, it was like three months in a season. So it wasn't that long. Uh, my parents were like, oh yeah, great job. You know, you, you did it, you, you worked through it and you, you proved us wrong and that's, that's amazing. And they were actually really impressed by the fact that I was able to keep up with it. And like, it was just something that, you know they really weren't expecting from, you know like a family that's never come from athleticism or that's come from, you know working out or physical fitness or any of that stuff. 
And I think like, as I continue to be a part of the team, um, I realized that when I, when I would go to like some family events or some relative events, um, it's like, it's like a, a common taboo in, in Indian culture to not appreciate an athlete as much as you would like a very smart academic student. And I feel like mm -hmm. that sort of, that sort of like separation between the two types of talents that, you know, someone's kids could have is, is very, very prominent in Desi culture. And, you know, going to all these events, like they'd be like, oh, you're on the swim team. Like, you know, what is, what is that going to do for your future? Like, you know, like, how is that going to contribute to you going to med school and you becoming a doctor? Like, how is that going to shape you as a person, you know, for doing things that are important, like research and like internships and jobs. And I was always like, you know, I like doing it because it's fun and, you know, I like it. And they were like, okay, and like, you like it and like, there mm -hmm. has to be something else coming out of it besides the fact that it makes you happy. And yeah. I think a lot of that, like, it didn't really, like, you know, push me down, but it, it was kind of like very unencouraging. And I kind of felt like I was doing a lot of the stuff that I was doing on my own without the support of people that I would have thought, you know, would, would have wanted me to do something that I like to do. And, and another thing is that, like at swim meets, um, you know, a lot of families, a lot of people, they, they come in, siblings, parents, they all come in to watch their, you know, their students or their kids swim. And I never had that, you know, as, a, as the only Muslim on my team and as one of the, like the two Indian girls on my team, um, I never had a family member or a sibling or, you know, a Muslim or Indian friend come and support me at a meet. And I think that physical sort of like absence of a person there at, at, you know, some of the most important times of my, of my swimming career, it was, it was kind of hurtful in a way, just cause, um, you know, I did have a lot of friends whose parents were there, whose parents were involved with the team, whose siblings made posters for them. And, you know, I would just look up and I wouldn't see anyone who was, you know, rooting for me. And I could have, I done, I did really well, you know, without support, without the support of people physically being there. But I really think that, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a depiction of how, you know, they see mentality is, you know, even if my parents supported me, which I'm so grateful they did, um, you know, it, it was a very, very distinct taboo. And it, it, it's just like such a, a long way to come across for you to be present at a meet for, to watch your kid. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, in the coming generations, I'll be able to, and people of my generation will be able to overcome that sort of taboo and be present for their kids, you know? Yeah. And that's crazy. Even hearing that from you because like I, I've just heard so many different stories and in my own experience too just like witnessed not only the taboo and the like lack of willingness to you know support things that aren't deemed like academically oriented but it's it's interesting because like I know for myself at least with my parents they have always kind of been there and I've always like in a sense I think taken that for granted and then I hear you know stories where it's not like that for other people and it's always something where I you know sit back and I reflect and I'm like wow I'm really grateful like I can't imagine not having them so it's interesting because when I hear these perspectives I'm still reminded like okay I mean I have a lot of people who are in my generation who didn't have that support um and sometimes I forget that too. Like I've seen it with my friends, but I've also seen other friends whose parents have really um, played an avid role in their like recreational careers or their hobbies who are. Right. Um, so it's always like, 
you know, it, it's like a wild card thing. Like you never really know what to expect. And I can only echo that I would hope that the future generations to come, you know, would grow up with having that support. And we're that generation that kind of is able to witness what we want to transform and what we want to change. Um, but I can only imagine how that emotionally felt for you and empathize with that. And I know that you had mentioned in your Instagram post, as well as when we connected about, you know, how that impacted your mental health and um, other challenges that you went through with that. And I know in this show, at least, it's really an important topic that I like to highlight. So I'm interested in you, you know, as you're comfortable sharing, delve into more of the mental health aspect of this journey and um, share what that was like for you. Yeah, of course. I mean, thank you so much for, you know, being one of those people that recognizes that this is like such an important topic. And, you know, there are so many families out there who don't have this type of relationship with their kids that, you know, our parents might have with us. And, you know, it's up to the coming generations, you know, for sure to be able to, you know, overcome this sort of taboo. And, you know, uh, on the mental health aspect, um, I think there was there was definitely a lot of stuff that I was going through just as a high schooler, as a growing teenager, also going through this sort of backlash and just kind of navigating it all. Um, you know, I did, you know, receive a lot of help from outside sources. Like I was very involved um, in therapy and I was very involved in like, you know, a lot of clubs that would, you know, help me de-stress. Um, I was in you know, a lot of weightlifting clubs and I was in a lot of like, you know, ways, yeah, I like a lot of yoga, meditation, that sort of thing. And, you know, I would treat myself and be like, you know what, you did really good this competition, you should get yourself like a Chipotle bowl, you know, like just the small things. Mm -hmm. So I think like just some of those things were able to keep my mind off of like the, the stuff in the back of my head, like, okay, these people don't really resonate with me. They don't understand me. And like, how do I, how do I help them understand me? But I think the way that I kind of was able to further like navigate the fact that you know this is how it is and this is how it's going to be is just separating myself from everyone else who didn't understand me and I think a lot of people have such a hard time compartmentalizing like that like when people don't agree with you and you know when people are haters like you tend to value their opinions so much more than they deserve and you know you tend to highlight all of these you know negative comments and this backlash and this criticism in your head and it just kind of swirls around and it like changes you, but you don't even want to be changed that way. Like that's not even what you want. And I think it's so important to separate the fact that you have different desires and needs than other people have for you. And the person whose you know, needs matter for yourself is yourself. And you shouldn't be taking advice from other people who don't understand what's best for you and who don't understand your life and who don't you know, care about you the same way that your parents or your friends or your support group might. And I think it's so important to be able to like establish that sort of, you know, separation between those types of people who don't want to help you, who don't want the best for you and the people who do want to help you. I want to do snaps to that like a million times <laughs> because that what you just said for like the past two minutes, I think is something that I wish I just knew or I needed to hear like a year ago in my journey of where I was and um, just know so many of my friends who are really in this self-growth journey who struggle with that and I think that it's almost inevitably a part of it like when you embark on this you know growth journey and you're doing something new and you're breaking boundaries it's going to make people uncomfortable and because we're humans and we 
like validation, we not only like it, I think we evolutionarily feed off of validation and we need that on some um, like biological level. It's really, really freaking difficult when we don't get it. Um, especially when it's coming at a point in our life where we're like in high school or we're in college and um, you know, maybe we've been used to that growing up and all of a sudden it's like you notice this lack of support or you notice jealousy or um, people aren't able to give you that feedback that you're looking for. It's difficult and that sense of misunderstanding, that lack of validation is something that I have struggled with tremendously. Um, again, it's something that so many people I know struggle with, entrepreneurs, creators, um, and I love that you're here with your example of being on the swim team in high school and now you're going to college and it's something that you faced um, at that stage in your life. I can't imagine what that was like for you because for me, I struggled with it so much, you know, after graduating college. But it's really, like you said, about being able to create that understanding for yourself because if you are lacking that and you cannot give yourself the approval then no one else's approval will even matter. And you're going to focus and project and look for all of the people who aren't able to create that sort of acceptance for you. And you're going to kind of cling on to, um, at least in my experience, this is what I did. I would cling on to those specific instances where people couldn't create that understanding for me um, and almost create like a pity party out of it. When I did have so many people who were supporting, who were there. Um, so I, I really like that for you, at least you had um, a support system as well in terms of seeking out therapy and having um, a group that could check in for you on your mental health, whether it was something as small as checking in to see if you've gotten a meal or at least kind of being able to give you that understanding that maybe, you know, at that point you didn't have from your family. I will say it's, it's huge. And if that's something that anyone listening is struggling with in terms of just maybe not having that understanding or that validation, um, I'm curious in your perspective, Hiba, do you have any kinds of advice or words of wisdom for how people can start creating that sort of like acceptance for themselves or that approval for themselves? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I really resonated with everything that you just said right now. Like, you know, the whole seeking validation from people who, you know, don't even matter to you. Um, and, you know, seeking that approval from yourself before you reach out to others. And, you know, in the case of, you know, my, my support system, you know, most of it is, is my friends and, and my, my parents and, you know, like people on the outside, like relatives and, you know, family, friends, they don't really understand that inner sort of, you know, working of what's going on in your life and what's going on with you. And, you know, I think that if there's any advice that I would give to, you know, incoming freshmen in high school or incoming freshmen in college, like actually like, you know, being, a, you know, an incoming freshman in college, I need to take my own advice too. But um, I think it's definitely so important. Like it's, it's so simple, but it's, it's so difficult and, you know, you just have to follow through with it, but you just have to cut people off that really add negative energy to your life. And I think throughout high school, I mean, especially in middle school, um, I had a lot of people who didn't really, you know, help me grow in any way. They didn't really help me, you know, become a better person. They didn't really help me, you know, see myself as worthy or, you know, they didn't help me teach myself to be self-accepting or anything like that. And I feel like you, you know, you are who you, who you're around and it's just so important to be able to establish either like a social circle or, you know, maybe a professional a therapist, um, you know, 
or maybe if you have that connection or a relationship with your parents to strengthen that and to really surround yourself with people who love you and who really care about you. And I honestly think that, you know, while it's one thing to surround yourself with a good support system, you also have to, you know, give yourself the time of day to be able to focus on just yourself. And I think that's not emphasized enough, especially in this day and time, like, and, and especially being a woman, like you're, you're kind of always taught mm-hmm. to just like seek out and look up for other people's needs. And you're never really given the time to be like, okay, this is your time. You can relax. Yes. You can think about yourself. You can grow on your own. Because as a basic woman, you are in charge of the kids. You are in charge of the cooking, the dishes, the cleaning, mm-hmm. the everything, everything for everyone else and nothing for you. And, you know, this applies to so many different races, so many different cultures, so many different religions too. Like, you know, you, you do need time for yourself to grow, to learn about yourself, to enjoy your own company. And I think some of the best ways of doing that is to focus like, you know, as a swimmer, it's like, obviously I'm saying this, but you have to focus on your physical health. You have to focus on your mental health, like read a few books, read some poetry, you know, meditate, do some yoga, do some journaling, you know, talk to someone, you know, have a, have a girl's night, have, have a girl's weekend, have a girl's week, have a girl's month, whatever. But (laughs) I mean, you know, really find ways to connect with yourself and find out what makes you happy, what makes you feel accepted, what makes you feel loved by yourself. And I think like, you know, obviously there are those things of like journaling and there's those things of having conversations, but there's also like, you know, you have to do some introspection and you have to learn about yourself from yourself. And a lot of that just comes from, it's a very slow process and it's not going to occur overnight. It's not going to occur in a month and it will most likely occur over the rest of your life. But it's really important for you to be able to enjoy your own company and to learn how to respect yourself and love yourself and take care of yourself. And I think that's one of the biggest pieces of advice I would probably encourage people to do is learn how to love yourself and how to take care of yourself, either with things to do on your own or to you know, gain guidance and support from people around you. Like an insane mic drop moment. I think this is like the third one we've had so far. (laughs) Oh my gosh, please. Gems left and right. Can't emphasize that better or summarize that better um, than you already have. Like, I agree as South Asian women and as they see women, especially, I mean, even for, I guess, you and me, I know you're, I'm in my 20s already. You're probably a couple years away from being in your 20s, even without, you know, being in that family or that marriage lifestyle, like there are still certain expectations for us. And I um, don't know if you've experienced this or if you've been told this, but I've literally been told like, oh, like it doesn't matter how much money you make because you're a girl. Like I've literally been told that. No, um, exactly. Because, like I totally mm-hmm. agree with that. I, I hate it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so that implies that a man will come and provide for me. And what, like, whose decision was that? Like who even said that I have agreed to that, right? And it's like, it's totally cool if that scenario were to happen where like, you know, one day I do meet someone and I fall in love and I choose to make that commitment and they do happen to make more money than me, then that's totally awesome, right? As long as I can provide for myself, you provide for yourself, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But like to have that be implied when I'm in a state right now in my life where I'm just figuring out my career, I'm single, I'm not thinking about that kind of future commitment that I could possibly make to someone. Um, I think it shows how much more room there is for these changes and these learnings. And, um, you know, I've even been told like, oh, the, the most important thing that you can 
do as a woman is cook a meal because it's the first thing you're going to be asked. Um, I was told this as early as high school and I was like, well, okay, if someone wants to. Yeah, you cannot even believe the same story, literally. I feel like it happens to so many of us. And I'm like, it is 2021. We have grown up in the States. I think, you know, our families traveled here for more, in my opinion, I think they traveled here for hopefully more than just the educational and career prospects for us, but also the cultural changes and, um, you know, the healing and the generational changes that are to come from being in a Western society. And I think there's so much beauty in maintaining, of course, um, a lot of our traditions, um, a lot of our our spirituality and our religion and, and our culture and the music and all of that. And it's beautiful, but there are some, some, some systemic changes that I think um, are almost so strongly carried on that our parents or grandparents aren't willing to let go of, regardless of how many years they've been here. And I think for me, that's really, really disappointing to see and watch it still be played out and and watch as young girls are fed that, right? Because it's like, for me, I was able to be like, oh, hell no, you're not going to talk to me like that. But think about maybe someone who does internalize that or doesn't think twice and thinks that that's like, what is right and that's how they should carry themselves in society and and start to shift their perspective based on what they've been told that i think is what's concerning for me so um you know like i again want to just turn it back to you because i i don't even know like in terms of giving that words of wisdom and that advice to maybe an incoming high school student or college student who's really just trying to like battle those societal norms and that judgment and more of those traditional um, stigmas. Do you have any advice from that, um, for that from your experience? Yeah, I actually really, you know, I'm really glad you brought up the fact that there are so many generational like stereotypes and stigmas that are just pass on and on and like you never see the end of them and you're like when is the end going to come I don't know when I'm going to ever be able to get rid of this like you know there are some parts of my culture that I, I absolutely love and I cherish and then there's these other parts that I'm like you know I don't even know what kind of basis there is for this to even exist in a 21st century world mm-hmm. and you know a lot of those things I think you know especially you know, being Indian, um, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on like, you know, being dark skinned and not being dark skinned. And there is a whole thing about this. Like we can make a whole nother podcast about this. So I'm just going to like, you know, I'm going to limit it to one line, but there's like that whole thing. And then there's the whole thing of like, oh, you're a woman. Like, okay, I get it. If you're a dude and you're an athlete, but like you're a woman and you're an athlete, like that doesn't really, you know, you can't put two and two together here. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, there's, there's the, obviously that there, there's that little bit of, you know, disconnect, you know, and also being a Muslim, you know, there's um, ideals of, of modesty and there's ideals of like, you know, mm-hmm. you, you should live a, a private and conserved life, which I totally agree with. I totally agree with. And I love these principles of my religion, but there are some of these, you know, principles that are used in a very toxic way, in a way that is kind of, you know, interpreted differently. And a lot of Muslims themselves, like hearing this criticism from other people is different, but hearing it from people of your own religion is like a lot more hurtful than people who don't understand it. And, you know, hearing things from other Muslim girls, like, you know, why, why do you do that to yourself? Why are you wearing this? You, you're representing the entirety of Islam and you're wearing this and you're making us look bad. 
And there's also these comments like, you know, do you like, you know, do you understand that you're shaming us? Do you understand that this is not right? Do you understand that, you know, being a Muslim woman, you should be conservative Um, and you should be this and you should be that. And I completely understand where they're coming from. I understand all these concepts, all of these ideologies. I understand everything. And, but I also understand that, you know, the real teachings of my religion is to not judge and to, if you're going to advise someone to do it privately, to do it in a, in a nice, kind way, to do it in a way that helps people feel heard and understood and not to shame them in public or to comment on their posts or to comment on their stories or to, you know, you know, tell them in front of like groups of people or to say in such a, you know, ill-mannered way. And I think like facing those types of stigmas, I, I wasn't able to, you know, defend myself in, in, a, in a way that would make sense to them, I guess is, you know, the way I would, I would say it. Because, you know, I, I do agree, I, you know, wearing a swimsuit and swimming in front of all these people, you know, it, it is not Islamic, it's not modest, it's not, you know, what the religion claims to, you know, emphasize. And, you know, I never said that I represented the entirety of Islam, I never said that I represented all Muslims, and I never, like, I never want to be that person who's, who's representing a whole number of people, because I'm my own person, and I do my own thing, and I'm learning, and I'm growing as, as everyone else should be, and as everyone else is. And, you know, it's, it's really these comments that come from like people who are either insecure in themselves or who don't understand the religion enough to know that, you know, there are different interpretations, there's different styles of living and, you know, you shouldn't judge people based on, you know, something you see from the outside and not knowing how they live their life and not walking their steps, you know? So I think those are some of the things that I face. I know there are definitely a few more things that I could definitely bring into like you know, being, being Indian and all these stigmas, like the colorism, the, the, the athleticism, the, you know, the emphasis on so much career stuff and like nothing that makes you happy. Like there's so many things we could talk about, but I think like, you know, the main, the majority of it, it, it's, it's all like very deep rooted and it's all very, you know, internalized inside of our culture that it's, it's very difficult to, you know, to be able to eradicate in one, in one generation, but hopefully, you know, building a new world and, you know, growing and changing, we're going to be able to combat that. And we're going to be able to, you know, grow as not as just individuals, but as a community too, you know? Yeah, we can only hope. And I just want to commend you for that maturity to be able to kind of have that, um, you know, cognitive revelation on your end to be like, okay, I have my own interpretation. This is my own lifestyle. So I'm going to choose to continue owning my path um is is really courageous because I just can't imagine like being fed those comments at at your age as the high schooler who's doing something that they love um I I don't know it's just it's crazy I can only imagine for so many people that could be a setback or that could be something that makes them reevaluate or possibly even give up and quit um so I think for you to still be able to kind of have that like I'm going to reclaim my power. This is what I choose. I'm standing my ground, um, especially at the stage of life that you were in is, is extremely admirable. So I just want to applaud you for that. And oh, um, thank you so much. Of course, I think that's, that's incredible. And I just have so much respect for you as a person. I can't wait to see like where you're going to go from here, what will unfold from, from just being in college for you, let alone afterwards. But um, if I could ask you, I guess, where do you see yourself going from here? Tell us a little bit about um, maybe some general like next steps or your overall vision or any sneak peeks that you have for what's coming up. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, you're 
you're trying to you're you're connecting with me and you're understanding where I'm coming from and you know you're you're totally. recognizing the fact that this is so hard you know like I I was able to handle it in a in a pretty okay way as a 16 year old but you know there are so many girls out there there are, are so many guys out there who do come from this kind of background and who aren't able to deal with it in a healthy way mm-hmm. and that's so important to recognize and I'm really glad that you brought that up but um where I see myself going from here, I'm going to follow the very, very stereotypical career line and I'm going to go into medicine. But um, no, it's actually it's actually because I really love medicine and that's a whole yeah. different topic. But uh, I will be on a pre-med track in college. I'm going to be starting like next week. So that'll be Ooh, that'll be very cool. intense. <laughs> and, you know, actually, um, because of my whole swimming journey, I've been inspired to do and uptake a lot of things that are very uncomfortable in my culture. And that sounds very odd when I first say it, but things that, you know, you know, as a, as a, they see auntie, you would look and be like, why is she doing that? That's kind of weird. I mean, it's not, it's not like prohibited, but it's like weird for her to do. So like some of those things that I'm, I'm kind of taking up is like, you know, I'm going into weightlifting, you know, as a, as a hobby, as an official hobby. And I'm trying to you know, set goals and, you know, gain my muscle mass and I want to become like a bodybuilder. So that's one of my main goals and being, you know, Indian, it's, it's a little odd because you don't really see that and it makes people uncomfortable. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I hope to be. I hope to be making people uncomfortable because that's the only way you can inspire change these days is to make people uncomfortable. And another that. thing that I'm like striving to get into is, you know, modeling and, you know, a more fashion, you know, fashionable, fashion oriented type of approach to, expressing myself and I think that I you know I did express myself very well in swimming but now that I'm going into college I wanted to explore other ways of trying to be able to express myself or you know to figure out who I am and to grow from here and I think fashion has been an amazing way for me to show that and um, you know doing some photo shoots doing some modeling being able to express myself through poses through pictures through lighting shadows like all that stuff it's been such a crazy incredible experience and then like you know you think of oh, an Indian Muslim girl who's modeling, like, that's kind of odd, you never see that, so it it does make people uncomfortable, and, you know, that's what I like about it, because, you know, what I I imagine from this is, like, you know, I see a 12-year-old girl who's looking up to me, and who's like, oh my god, she's Indian, and she's Muslim, and she's doing this, like, that's kind of crazy, there's people like this, like her, who do this kind of stuff, and I'm gonna do it too, and that's, like, the main goal at the end of the day, you know, to try to break these types of stereotypes, to try to break these stigmas, and to try to do things that you know, challenge what your culture is generally, you know, accustomed to. Yeah, uh, that's definitely something I'm going to walk away with in terms of (laughs) striving to make people, and it's not like necessarily striving to make people just, you know, feel disrespected or offending people, but it is striving to slightly push the the norms and push the boundaries and kind of go over the edges. And I think that's also where growth happens for oneself. So I love that you mentioned that. I think that's just a motto I'm going to take away is like, be comfortable with making others uncomfortable. Cause I definitely, right. Still... That is the whole, that's the whole quote from this entire podcast. I be love comfortable that. with making people uncomfortable as I long as gonna... you're safe, as long <laughs> as you're, you know, you know, being respectful, you can do anything you want to do. Yeah, preach. I'm going to make that the title of this. And that's something I need to remind myself (laughs) too, because I definitely will sometimes tiptoe back into that fear and be like, well, how can I make everyone comfortable in this moment? Logically and rationally, fully knowing that's not even possible, but still trying to strive for that kind of acceptance and validation and then getting upset when I don't receive it. Right. Um, And it's so mm -hmm. like, it's so drilled into your personality just to just like be able to do that so automatically, like, okay, what's going to what am I going to do that's going to make people like, like me? 
Like that's just yeah. so automatic for us these days. And I really think that that should just be questioned. Like, you know, so much of that is so wrong, but I really, I really agree with that. Like the fact that, you know, you're just in social situations and you're like, okay, I want to do something, but I don't want to be seen, you know, as different. I don't want to be seen as unique. I don't want to be like out of the crowd. I want to, I want to fit in. And that's just, that, that changes your whole game plan. That changes your whole goals and your, all of your goals and everything, you know? hundred mm-hmm. percent. I think just being able to reframe that and ask yourself, like you said, question, where is that coming from? The part of me that's saying, I do want that acceptance or I do want to fit in, or I do want approval from strangers. Like, what is that part of you? Like, how would that part of you ever fully feel fulfilled? Like, where is that question coming from? Who's asking that? How do you know that everyone, you know, is being accepting of you? How do you know when you've gotten everyone's approval? Like, toy with those questions a bit and try and see like if you can even answer them like where are they even coming from you know and then when you ponder with them and sit with them you'll be like wait I I don't have answers to that because I it's right. just my ego like, like you know I mean if I if I freshman year came home that day after the first swim practice and I was like you know what I'm gonna forget this and I'm gonna cook and I'm going to learn how to bake and I'm gonna do arts and crafts and that's what I'm gonna do I would still get so much rebuttal from everyone being like, hey, why didn't she pursue her dreams? Why didn't she do what she wanted to do? So either way, you're not necessarily, you know, fitting the standard that you want to fit. Mm-hmm. Like people will still not see you as that girl who's fitting in. They'll be like, why didn't she stand out? Why did she? you're always going to hear things from people no matter what you do. So mm-hmm. might as well do what you want to do in the end. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think sometimes to fully, you know, like we'll be aware of this on a logical level. It's what you said earlier. It's simple yet difficult. Like we'll be aware of these things, but then to actually fully embrace it and integrate it and practice a lifestyle around that, it does take those hardships and, you know, the, the tougher road of going through those times of not having that approval of going through potentially not having support from, you know, in your case, it was the people who are closest to you. Um, And then having to ultimately walk this journey, I think, on your own and realizing, like, really, at the end of the day, all we really have is ourselves. Like, we are truly walking this journey alone. And, of course, it's important to have um, a community and have family and have friends. But there has to be, you know, a line drawn in terms of how much do we depend on them? How much can we expect from them? I've noticed that to myself of, like, almost over-expecting from people. Um, and then when I don't receive like a certain, I don't know, congratulations from a friend when I accomplished a goal, it's like, I'll ruminate over that for so long. And so now I'm questioning. Oh my gosh. I totally agree. I resonate with that. I know. And I think it's really normal and it's expected. Like, of course we want, um, you know, our friends to be happy for us. And at least for me, I'm someone who gets so, so freaking happy for people seeing them go after what they want. That it's wild to me that, you know, when those things happen to me, that it can just be disregarded or not acknowledged. Like it just blows my mind how, um, that can just happen. So it's something that I, you know, like dwell on a lot. And now I'm really questioning, like, well, am I just expecting too much? And why am I allowing this person to take over this much mental space? Or why am I allowing this one person to have this much power and think about all the people who support you, think about how far you've come, think about the support and the gratitude that I can give to myself. And it's like, why does that still matter? So that's something I've been sitting with. I think that's something I would encourage listeners to sit with. Um, But I have just loved having this conversation, Hiba. I think it definitely 
has kind of surfaced a lot of insights, not only for, I think, people listening, but just myself. And I have just so many questions walking away and, and mottos walking away and um, want to continue having these conversations with you. And who knows, potentially in future um, episodes on this show itself, talk about those other, um, those other topics, you know, those, those more controversial issues that we mentioned in this episode and maybe dive into those. But I wanted to thank you for all of your time, for being so vulnerable, for coming today ready with your story as an incoming freshman in college, ready to make insane changes and make some waves in the world (laughs) I am just like really honored that you're here I can't wait to see what you will do and I'm sure that um, our audience feels the same way so with that being said where can people um, find you yeah so um you know at first I want to say thank you so much for that whole little outro like that was just the most beautiful thing ever like like that's just gonna be like you know in my voice memos I'm gonna play it every day um (laughs) till the day I die because you know that's just amazing I love that so um I mean okay so my back to my Instagram my Instagram (laughs) is is actually I mean I don't even remember my username my Instagram Instagram is like I think my name it's underscore Hibba Siddiqui with two eyes at the end and um, I think that's probably the fastest way to reach me. Um, I'm really bubbly and exciting and I love meeting new people. I, I mean, you can always shoot me a DM. I'm always there. I'm always like literally always online. So um, I'm always, um, you know, willing to talk to people, you know, especially if you have any struggles or things that, you know, you relate to that, you know, you really want to connect with me on. I, I would be so open to that. And, you know, I think that's probably the best way to reach me, but, you know, I really loved, I really, I absolutely love this podcast. It's my first podcast ever. So I'm like, yay, this is like, I can check it off my bucket list, but it's, it's been such an amazing conversation. I know I'm going to remember this the rest of my life. I'm going to keep using it as, as a guide for how I live and how I, you know, how I help, you know, other people grow and change and stuff. And I think like, you know, especially in, in being in such a, you know, such a, amazing age like you know 18 19 20 like you're so young and you're so youthful and you're able to do anything you want whenever you want and I feel like you know using this sort of conversation as as a basis for the decisions you make in life starting now is really important especially to those people who are graduating high school who are graduating middle school who are graduating college like this is this is the time where you make these fundamental changes and you you can definitely become the best version of yourself you know before you even know it and you know, I really, really love talking to you, Nista. Like, it's been such an amazing time. And I'm so grateful that you had me on here. I'm so glad that, you know, you, you shared your insights with me. And I'm, I'm really hoping that, you know, you learned something from me. I definitely learned something from you. I learned how, how you know, emotionally connecting you are to your audience and to your guests and how, how you really resonate and relate to people in ways that they don't really expect. And I really admire that about you. So Thank I'm so you. glad that I was able to talk to you today. Yeah, no, of course. And this is just the beginning for you. So as I said, I'm just looking forward to seeing where that goes for our audience. Um, like I said, Hiba's Instagram will be down below. Um, go ahead and reach out to her. Wish her a congrats for her first podcast and stay tuned for her journey to see all that she does in the future. And with that being said, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode here at Rising and I will see you all next time.